Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, and welcome to the 102nd episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clemente, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts joining us after his success at EUIC. We have the one and only Grant Matthew, a.k.a. Boo CK. Boo, how are you doing today? Doing great. A little tired. Had a wedding yesterday, but uh, really glad to be here. Got my buddies here on the on the podcast. and. uh <laughs> Excited to talk some Pokemon. Was it your wedding? Uh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> One uh, day. Cousin. Yeah. <laughs> someday, someday. Next time. And that voice you heard is... So, y'all, we reach out to Alex Shemansky, winner of EUIC. And he's always on the grind. He got the League Challenge. He got the League Cup. So, unfortunately, we got to settle for... The runner-up, the other guy, the person who had to read Alolan Volpix on stream... <laughs> And the person who might be going for second place in every IC now <laughs> after accomplishing first place, the one and only Tord Reclive. Tord, how are you doing today? Doing excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Happy, happy to be here, you know. <laughs> and congrats on your League Challenge win yesterday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that, that one actually uh, was, was the big one for me. That one meant a lot. <laughs> you had, had to beat your mom. <laughs> I was, was a nail biter. It was a really close one. <laughs> So today we're going to talk a little bit about the EUIC for both of these players. Both of them made day two and had some good results. Obviously, we all know Tord got runner up, but uh, Grant did pretty okay himself. And then we're going to dive deep into Guardi and how Tord was able to innovate the deck along with same 60 with Robin Scholes and Nico Alabas or Nico played 59 in the cup in the next day, but I'm going to assume you worked on the list together in some way, shape, or form. So how the group came to Guardi, the techs moving forward, any changes, things like that, of course. So EYC recap. Uh, Grant, what did you play, and how did you end up doing? Uh, I played Lugia, um, an old friend. Um, I had Guardi built, and I'd, I'd watched a lot of Guardi, but I hadn't played a lot of it, and... Um, when I came down to it, I figured Lugia. I, I tested a few a few times online, and then a lot in person with uh, with George, uh, and it just ran so smoothly. I was so shocked by how many times I was getting two Archeops out, you know, like barely missing a beat, which was crazy. Um, turns out that it still does brick a lot uh, day two for sure. Um, but day one, uh, I think there was only one time I got one Archeops out. And um, I still won. It was just like, I got, I just got to get it out to win the game, right? So uh, Archeops, uh, Tord told me to play the Eveltal. Eveltal was great. Uh, just makes Mew so free. Uh, uh, usually uh, Tranatar does itself. Uh, you kind of bait them with the Lugia. They use all their um, tablets. And then you put the uh, V-Guard on a T-Tar. And you basically win. But um, Eveltal made it. 
uh, extra free, especially with the Fusion being kind of popular. I think I played two of them, and I hadn't played against that since Peoria, maybe. <laughs> um, so, so being able to go back into a one-prizer um, on their Meloetta was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it, it list ran fine. I ran a Switch. was really the only um, difference from what people were playing, I guess. Uh, so you're ready for the Mawile shenanigans? Yeah, and my first round was against uh, Snorlax doll. <laughs> uh, and my last card in the game, uh, game one, was Switch. And normally I would have, like, you know, I, I was playing for it, you know, try and do the uh, element of surprise Switch and then mill them out, but uh, didn't get their game one. Game two, I uh, because it was the last card, I was able to hide it. Like, he didn't know I had Switch. And he, and he looked at my hand, like, three or four times that game and game two. And didn't see it either, either time. <laughs> and so I was able to pull it off to get a tie to start off. But uh, yeah, other than that, I didn't. They didn't try and stall me with any other decks, so it was kind of you know useless, I guess. Other than that, but um, we'll take that for one point. That one point obviously mattered to make day two. But um, what did you yeah. end up finishing overall? Uh, I don't know my record. I was one hundred nine. I started two one going into lunch on day two. I was feeling pretty good. Um, and then just had some really hard bricks. What'd you eat for and lunch? Clearly that ruined it. We only got like 30 minutes. It was weird. It was <laughs> like a weird lunch break. Um, it was like a 30-minute break, and my game uh, went to time, so it was really like a 15-minute break, so I, I don't think I ate. Got it. So you're just thrown off. The I, lunch break was there. Been it, yeah. yeah just... there... Give us a full break or don't. You know? <laughs> So Lugia moving forward as a real quick, because I really want to play for a Sealstone Lost Box, and I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a terrible play because Lugia is a good play. But moving forward, Lugia, you think it's still still a move? Um, I think so, yeah. I mean, I'd think in best of one, maybe not, but best of three, like, you can scoop up real quick. The, what I think what Tord was saying on stream when he made his um, uh, tier list was finishing three games. I had no problem finishing three games. Some went to time, but I got all my games done, pretty much, other than Snorlax Stall, which was two full games. Um, That's pretty good against a stall deck, like literally a stall deck that just sits there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Burnett, we should have been playing Burnett last format, I think, too. Burnett's just so uh, broken, especially like you know when you're flipping well, uh, <laughs> you get you get the V Star, and then you get a Burnett, and you're like ready to go. Um, but yeah, I think it's good. I think there's uh, some some things need to be changed. I only played one judge, which was pretty bad. Um, it was uh, I played Bradner on Lost Box, and I had a judge early, and let him build his hand and and do everything. We played a 45 minute game. I needed to draw into an energy. I didn't, which was rough because um, he killed both Archeops. But two judge. Um, I haven't seen. Uh, I played Collapse too. Collapse was good. I haven't seen a lot of variation in the list. I don't think there's much creativity right now with it, um, but I think it's it's definitely viable. It's I don't think it's the best deck though, by far. It's probably tier two, a tier one. You know, if Guardian, Lost Box are up top, uh, but it's it's, I mean, it's easy to play. You know, pick it up and flip coins. Tord, you did put Lugia S tier in your pre EYC tier list that. 
several people got upset at because it was Lugia and Giratina as your S tier decks. So why didn't you play either of the S tier decks or why did you put them there? I put them there because I believe they had the best matches spread. I still think they do, honestly. Like um, the thing with Lugia is that uh, it just feels bad to play, right? Like you don't like the engine because you're flipping coins to set up, right? And you try it out, you flip one coin too many wrong, right? Like you flip tails on the Mesa Gosa and you don't get your tournament Lugia or you flip heads on the uh, Aroma and you find your V-Star and not the Burnett, right? Um, like you do that one time too many and it just feels feels bad to play, right? But um, when all that is said and done, most of the time you are actually setting up, right? You're still setting up. So you just it's kind of like just a mental thing that you need to get past um, that like it's so random, right? But most of the time it is, it's actually still setting up. It just feels bad, right? Like you, you feel like it's out of your control is the thing. But after setup, you're out trading every single deck in the format. Like nothing, nothing beats you. Like you have all the tricks you need to beat up everyone and everything, um, which is crazy. Um, so uh, like the deck definitely feels like an S tier deck for me. Uh, on top of that, add in that the tournament format we're playing in, right? We're playing best of three. Uh, and you're actually getting to play three games, right? Almost any other deck you pick, you're not getting to play full three full games, um, like almost regardless. But Luga is one of the few decks that can, right? It's it's fast, um, and uh, that's that's just so valuable because it doesn't matter if you have like ten percent higher win rate than these other decks if you're only playing two games, right? then uh, you will end up with a lot more ties, and ties is uh, suspiciously close to a loss uh, compared to a win again. Like, it's one point versus three, right? So um, the only thing you really care about is that win. It doesn't matter if you have, like, five ties. It's it's a feel-good thing. You're like, ah, I didn't lose, but uh, in a tournament, you want to win, right? You you don't care that much about the tie. So I think, I think Luga is... It's very easy for me to defend being up there. I think I have a harder time as, like defending Tina again. Uh, <laughs> but I, st- I still think that deck also has a great matchup spread. Um, but it sees very little play. Like, almost no one plays it. Um, and it gets like, a lot of unnecessary hate. But if you think about it, right? Like, Tina, I think we can agree on was the best deck, right? Like, pre-Lugia. I don't think that was that much debate, right? Like... Um, I was a big we, Tina fan in that format, yeah. I, I said it would win you. I see. I was way off, obviously. but yeah. <laughs> Like, at, le- at least most people agree that it was the best deck, or at least very close to the best deck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing that stopped it was um, Lugia again, right? But when Lugia got the massive nerf, like both in consistency and power level, there's no reason that Tina should like still be dead, right? Like, it's not the, like the rest of the matchups got worse or anything. It's still it's still the same deck, right? Um, and the thing that Tina lost and Lost Box lost actually feels more in favor for Tina again because, like Tina, at least has the attack that can bail you out of a bad hand, right? At least you can go abyssicking if you're sitting there and doing nothing. If Lost Box has a like breaky opening hand, you're done. <laughs> like you're <laughs> dead. You can pack it up and go to the next one and hope you get your tie, right? Because that deck also doesn't finish three games at all, which is also like another argument, right? You're not finish- finishing three games when you're sitting there and poking 110 with Sableye and Cram like the whole game. Like you're finishing 
one, maybe two games, right? So, um, so that's that's kind of like the issue. That, that that's why I like value just Giratina more highly. Like it's anti-break thing, and it has the actual hard hitting potential to close out games, which is important when you're playing best of three. So with all that said, why did you and the rest of the Limitless crew decide not to go with either of the two decks that can finish the best of threes? So it could be why'd you pick Guardi or just why'd you eliminate Tina and Lugia? Um, for me, like when I prepared for this event, it was mainly about trying to find the best engine. I didn't really care that much about like the matchup spread even uh, or like how powerful the deck was. I just wanted the deck with a good engine. So I was just like looking, especially like in post-rotation formats, you um, would just want to have a deck that functions, right? So I was actually first going to play Mew. I was pretty set on Mew, just because that had like the best functioning engine still, right? Was it um, going to be like Pablo's with the <laughs> just four path, four vacuum, <laughs> judge and pray? I yeah, mean, judge and pray was. Be, yeah, it was going to be a very close thing to that, actually. Like something very similar to that. Um, I, you know me, I take, I would, like my list is one step further. So I have like four seal stone. I have four feather wall, you know, that's. Bro, no like way. It'd be, <laughs> it, it'd be his list, but one step further, like even, even more consistent. Because <laughs> uh, uh, like I, I was still felt like I was breaking too much. So. Do you find room be, for a fifth Genesect at uh, least? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I, I did run the heavy ball though, so in case it was priced, then we could, could grab it out of there. Um, there would be, be something like that. Um, <laughs> the Limitless Gang was really split on what to play. Um, so, like you saw that, like, mm, there was actually, how many played Gardevoir? I think it was just me, Robin, and Nico. And they mainly played Gardevoir because we stayed together. And I told them I'm playing this. I don't care what you guys do. And they just like <laughs> ripped the list right off me like the day or two before. That's a valid strategy um, right there. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like they, they were they did well. Um like Nico had like a heartbreaking loss for points, but they'd win the cup and won like a case of evolving sky. So his weekend wasn't evolving too skies. Bad. Yeah, I know it was insane. That's <laughs> money. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like his his weekend went from like heartbreaking to pretty good. So um he, he was so sad. Uh he was. <laughs> Friday. Yeah. And Turn then you're walking out with what six boxes yeah. that are two hundred something dollars a piece at least. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, like there was there was like a bunch of like controversial cards in the list, right? That like from before at least that um I uh, kind of had to convince them on, but um, I managed to do like almost all of them. He wanted to play the second guard war, which is fine. Like he kept the research. Like you, you break a little bit more in the early game, but your late game is is better. So that's that's fine. It was one card off. Robin chose to go with the same sixty. Mm -hmm. um, but like obviously, I want another guard war as well, right? That was that would have been nice. Sometimes you discard it early and you still want want to offset the price trade, right? So then you have to find your Miriam and like it, it can be a little bit awkward. Um but I, I felt like most of the times I wasn't winning with Gardevoir, it was just because I wasn't playing the game at all because the Gardevoir deck has pretty high power level. Mm -hmm. If you're setting up, you have unlimited energy, so you have unlimited damage output, you have uh, close to unlimited draw as well. It's like you have you have everything, right? So I felt it I just wanted to play it as, as least greedy as possible. That was also why the list didn't include Mewtwo, which 
could also be seen that like kind of suicide with like, so many expected lost box decks and you're like slightly in favor against all of them, right? Um, that was also banking on the fact that if I can just dodge them a little bit, right? Like the first few rounds, they're all going to get ties and then I'm done. <laughs> <with them. Yeah. laughs> Don't ever see them again. They're going to hit the tie like the first three, four rounds. So like even if I see one in the beginning, right? Like if, um, like since it's a relatively close matchup still, if I can just like beat one or two of them and then just like zoom past them, that was, that was the strat and then like never hit them again. And was, honestly, it worked. It, um, I hit like two of them, squeeze past them, and then I never saw them again. Then I was, uh, I was done. They, they were starting to get the ties. And then um, I only hit like the hard hitting smash decks that I was, I was prepared against. Was it not a concern then with that strategy that top players were going to bring Lost Box and you would eventually have to face them into top cut or, you know, that round 13, 14? You know, because we did see uh, Azul's group brought it and the Australian Brain Trust brought it and Bradner's group brought it and most of them flopped miserably, which is <laughs> why I'm trying to find literally anything else to play for Portland right now. But was that a concern of like, I'm assuming these top groups are going to bring it i'm going to have to beat them or were you just like meh same logic i mean i play these decks to events before as well i know how hard it is to not tie right so um they they are going to run into the same problem as well like even though they are ama all amazing players right uh it is is difficult best um Best person to do it was Pedro. His time management is also pretty unreal, though. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that he was the one that managed to um, to get there with uh, with the Lost Box deck. I also have to um, give a shout out because I DM'd Pedro a couple days after. I was like, hey, your list is sick. Can I ask you some questions? And one of the questions was how. And he said, I 2 owed a lot of people. <laughs> or I would 2-1 people because I would maw wow them and they would scoop on turn two. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in addition exactly. to being a great player, he's has his chess knowledge, chess clocks obviously are unforgiving. Yeah, yeah. But there there's a third layer in there as well. Yeah. It's also like even though you expect Lost Box to be the most played deck, right? There's still only one deck of all of them, right? And if the deck is still pretty close, I was not like I was going into the matchup completely dead and be like I lose. I still had collapsed, I had Penny, I had Cresselia. Uh, right, I had double candy and a very aggressive engine. So I'm not sure if you guys tried it too much, but like it's surprisingly high amount of games you're doing the turn two candy <laughs> and attacking turn two, and that's pretty difficult for Lost Box to deal with because from that point you're trading even, but you have a ton of ways to like steal turns from them mm -hmm. by you know collapse penny jerks for example. Like you, you you can steal you can steal uh, attacks away from them. Yeah, that's definitely uh, the deck is more consistent than I expected. And that seems like a stupid thing to say when it's like, well, it's a Tord deck, right? But I've been on the live ladder trying to climb Elo so I can face real decks eventually. But it's like, OK, I can learn Gardevoir while I beat up on people who have no idea what they're doing. And the amount of times you're like, all right, at least three Ralts. And then turn two, you get off whatever attack is the best. You get through Cresselia or Occasionally you get the Guardi attack off, not the EX, but the Brainwave Guardi. That's a fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, I can just smack anything right now. But yeah, it's it is much more consistent, a lot faster than it should be, <laughs> given. Yeah. You play a four-four-two-two so line. There's like a lot of cards that kind of bind the consistency of the deck together, though. Like you have um, you have the VP pass into Greninja, which is like your straight on draw from a basic, right? You have the four crystal into Mew, which like elevates your board state into evolution, so you can still keep on drawing. Um, 
And then like the final piece I found like was the Luminium because then like not, you don't have to sack into one of your few research cards. Like you can search out um, otherwise. Mm -hmm. It means that like any Ultra Ball can turn like any completely unplayable hand into a new one, right? Especially in the early game, that's big because then you have another like dig for seven for VIP pass and stuff, right? Um, so it makes it pretty likely to see things. Um, especially say if you add your opening hand, you add the research, you add the ninja, you add the Mew, right? And like you drew half your deck, you should see a VIP pass or two um, and set up, set up properly. How like often all, all, is yeah. Luminion actually grabbing a research in the early game versus like that late game? I guess work, you would never need a worker because you can't grab it off path, but you need your Miriam or a boss or something like that. Like how often is it between early game consistency and the late game, I need exactly what I need? I mean, obviously, if you're just uh, a pro, you hit your research anyway, right? And uh, <laughs> you can save your Luminion for boss for a game. That's obviously better. But um, there was a high amount of games. I was just like, oh, I'm so happy I have this stupid fish. I get to play this game. Hey, we <laughs> don't accept my, fish my slander here. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of hate on the fish as well, because obviously it has a downside. It's worth two prices, right? I get it, but it's so much better to play the game. Than not playing the game, um, so I would I would give up that extra prize in a heartbeat if it meant I didn't have to pass a turn, right? <laughs> and that's all already already like made up for itself. But then, like if you're playing Penny Collapse, you can also get rid of the fish later. So True. like like I felt like most of the time it's not even the, um, a disadvantage because it will be removed by the time your opponent has any reasonable. Like chance of knocking it out, right? Um, Another you, benefit yeah. of the fish that I found, I was helping uh, Senior Doom test for Portland, and he's playing Guardy. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna play Mew into you, and we're gonna, you know, figure this out, right?" And he would fish, and I wouldn't. I would just leave it there because I'm like, it is much more beneficial to get rid of Curlias right now mm -hmm. than it is to get rid of the fish. So it's it is a two prize liability, but if your opponent's taking two prize on the fish, it's also like, well. I've still got my curly, <laughs> so I'm going to win this game. My yeah, it's like a that, good bait, right? Yeah, my, th my thought on that, I guess for most of the matches, I mean, I was playing Lugia, but if somebody put the fish down, I was seeking to kill that as soon as possible. I've seen you on stream a lot and playing playing with George a lot. Like, a lot of those middle turns, you don't need a supporter necessarily because you're drawing so many cards. And so you're really just searching for Penny or Collapse to get the fish out of there. Like it's like free turn for you to kind of clean up your board state. Like, well, if I get those two prizes now, because I'm not going to have, then, you know, the guard EX and maybe the Zation. And those are my six prizes. So uh, before they can get rid of it, instead of having to take four KOs. Yeah, Lugia is um, one of those decks where that's a viable strategy. Because you have dark yeah. attackers that can actually Oko the guard. Right. From a Mew yeah, standpoint, <laughs> you're never taking out one of those guardies. But I think that's that's the best part of the fish in the, in the guardies, is like, yeah, if they don't chase it, like you're going to get rid of it because you have yeah. that free turn or two to to mess around with. Because you only you only have one boss, you have the palpat, I guess. But um, you know that that middle turn before a Roxanne turn or whatever, just like all right, I'll find Penny or I'll draw into collapse and bye bye. All right, so fish seems yeah. like broken car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I tried to like cut the fish and just have the four researches, but it's it's the same thing as before, right? Like where like you 
uh, are actively losing so many outs because you're losing all your ball outs for a new hand, right? Uh, so you don't have that that middle card to hold it all together anymore. So like we definitely cut the research before I cut the fish, for example. Like if you have to make space for something, because then you don't lose all your outs for ultra ball as well. Mm -hmm. so, like it's it's not quite as many as like the pump kaboo in Lugia versus Mew, right? But it's the same kind of logic. You're like you rather have the pump kaboo, uh, so you have all your ball cards as out for the pack, than to have like four stadiums, right? Because if you have all your ball cards, you have like ten outs to kick it. If you have four stadiums, you have four stadiums. That's still only four cards. It's um, if you're losing your hand and you're looking for an out, then you know it's better to have ten than four. Yeah, yeah. but you need the stadiums. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's your. That's how you find the Pokemon. Uh, that's how you flip your setup up, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like you need to. It's like the way you play research. Like I need to draw into one of these stadiums to start. I need as much you know ball search as I can get. Yeah. Yeah, because what yeah. in your list you had three Ultra Balls, right? So the one Luminion becomes eight research, versus yeah. no Luminion is four research. Exactly. You essentially double your outs, right? Um, I actually had four Ultra Ball because I wanted to like really lean into this thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the fourth Ultra Ball got cut for the penny um, as sort of this. Um, uh, that, that was like my one like trash card in the deck, like one one <laughs> tech could uh, surprise factor just to have like some sort of um, thing to like tip the tide of, of the battle that my opponent didn't necessarily know about and obviously the mobile counter and uh, good against lost box on occasion as well can we talk about the penny then because this is the one that you keep seeing people who like oh i took towards 60 and i played you know minus penny plus serena is the most common change that i keep seeing out there but is the yeah. penny your like you said surprise factor and mawile counter so if you're not expecting mawile and it is a known quantity if you're listening to this guardy i would go into the game expecting it to be there until i'm proven otherwise right is yeah. is the penny a cuttable card or was the utility too good beyond mawile counter and surprise uh it has like a couple more uses so like one of the things you're doing with the guard of War deck, right is like you're trying to blow something up you're trying mm -hmm. to put like all your energies on one guy and do one billion damage right um this is especially important when you're playing against gudra right because then you actually need like 10 energies on the same pokemon so, like a common counterplay, they could do then, right? Um, is they can just go boss, whatever. Doesn't matter what it is. Like it has to retreat, and then you sit there and um, you have one or two energy left. This is why I added the twelfth energy as well, mm -hmm. so that like you could actually get to ten easier. Um, like not having the fourth crystal is obviously like slightly worse early game, right? One less card out of Mew. And one less outs to roll, so which is obviously better than an energy early game, right? But I mean, the twelfth energy is way more flexible in in that matchup, and I expect like quite a lot of Gudra, because um, it was it was one of those decks that were like under the radar, but everyone talked about. So, <laughs> um, and I hit like three or four of them, so it was like one of the decks I played against the absolute most that tournament. Um, so I was I was really happy with that call. That was that was good. Um, Got rewarded for the 12 psychic. And but also having the penny is really good in that matchup as well. Um like any Lost Box matchup, really. You can go like a little bit aggressive with Station and then like you can then go into Cresselli and then heal it off afterwards completely with the penny, or you can just go like straight penny as well. Mm -hmm. Um 
You can also penny the Cresselia. That, that happens quite a lot when they have to like cram into it and set up for Sableye the next turn. And then you're just like diminishing all the damage. And then the Sableye turn is just like going to be a one shot on the Cresselia instead of potential double KO. All right. Um, so you're, you're selling yeah. me on the penny at least. Yeah. Like it's really good against like all the loss on things. And you're not playing Meteorite. So it's like you're going to use it in that matchup almost always, mm-hmm. like to some sort of degree. Um, you can also get rid of Mew, and that has 60 HP. That's a pretty easy price for your opponent in the late game as well. Um, like against Sableye, right? Uh, playing against Gudra, if they don't have the belt, they do 200, get a free turn of a decision, right? Um, it has it has like a lot of utility. But it's like if you do price a couple energies and you have to put all your energies on one guy, then you're not conceding if they play a boss. You can still just penny. Like, I know you have the Collapse Stadium as well, right? But then you have, like, the second out, should mm-hmm. you lose the Collapse Stadium on the way, since you, you are aggressively using research, right? So um, it's, it's good to have, like, that second option. Also, you can just path it on it, right? So, like, if you use the Penny, lose the Penny, you can path it. So, you know, oh, plenty of outs, too. Like, just not get stuck if you have to do, like, one of these holding plays. Collapse is another card that I think a lot of people... So Sinnoh makes sense, right? You're, we've been talking about Lugia already. Lugia plays yeah. Gift Energy, <laughs> so if you're going to Roxanne Lugia at any point, that's probably a pretty important card. And then potentially V-Guard as well, right? Because you do want to Sky Seal Stone the V-Star at some point. But yeah. I'm assuming, you know, the Gift Roxanne turn is kind of important. Collapse, on the other hand, is one that some people have been like, mm, maybe not. Like, I see the utility, but like... What if it were a Champions Festival so uh, Baby Guardy could hit 280 now? Or, you know, what if it were whatever else people want to play? I don't know what people play, man, but it's the one that like a lot of people have been like, eh, maybe a second Sinnoh or something like that. So is Collapse one of those cards that like, again, the situations are just too good to run something else? Or do you think there's viability if the meta shifts a little bit to running something else? Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you just need a second counter stadium, right? Like, you need enough outs to kick packs. Um, That's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice when the stadium does something as well, right? Uh, Festival does something, uh, Temple does something, Collapse does something. Obviously, this list is playing Luminium, so Collapse is a no-brainer, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm planning to use that fish, and I don't want it to get knocked out. So I want to have an out I can join to naturally and just discard a fish without having to commit my supporter every time to doing it. Um, Collapse is also quite annoying for a lot of decks, like Mew doesn't like to go to four, like lose a Pokemon there. Um, I will also say, because I was helping test the Mew Guardi matchup, it's really annoying when you only play Path of the Peak and Vacuums, but (laughs) when you get Collapse and you're like, uh, well, I can't Path and then draw a Genesect, so I'm just going to draw to five every turn for right now. So yeah, exactly. Pretty it, good. It has like a, a little bit of uh, sticking power for sure. Um, but also this like is the second healing option when you're playing against any loss on action, right? 
you can get rid of something you don't want to have on the board. Um, that it's, it's the same thing as with Penny, but like it's just more flexible. And you're drawing to your entire deck, so you will see the card. Like you will have access to it. So this is one of the decks that can use it much more efficient than a lot of other decks, right? Because you get to build a hand, um, like at least at some point, right? Like after you have to research away one, maybe two hands, then the rest of your deck will be in your hand. Um, so then you get to time it whenever you need it. And it, it gives you a lot, like, like a lot of flexibility in games. Like you can use it as a healing. Uh, you can do some nasty plays where you discard your guard with EX, leaving only single prices for a turn. And then like you do a big smack with guard war, forcing them to take a single pricer, and then you can go back into the EX station for game. Um, like games are really fast. And sometimes if you can afford it, you just want to ensure you, you're winning. Um, <laughs> That's like top tier advice right there. <laughs> I mean, like, don't give your opponent an out to win, like, with the crazy boss boss play. You just, yeah. you know, deny that two prize are on board. So you can attach 10 energies, discard a guard of war, sit there with, like, curly, curly, and whatever. And then you're like, okay, KO, you go. Then, yeah. it, like, cards just have more utility than, like, people can give the credit for at first, right? Like, if you haven't played a deck much, you, Plays like that are very easy to miss. Makes sense. Uh, another card owner on the stadium thing, Worker. Why is Worker better than a third stadium? Like, I understand it does draw three cards, <laughs> which yeah, the I mean, PTCG that's... Live Ladder keeps telling me is a valid strategy to increase my hand size. But is is it actually better than a third uh, stadium? Yeah, I mean... Again, like the main purpose of the stadiums isn't really to have an effect, is to kick another stadium again, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, so instead of committing to another stadium, you're committing to a consistency card. Again, like Gardevoir is the deck that if you set up, you win type of mentality, right? So if you have worker in your opening hand, it's probably better than the stadium, right? Like that draws three, could be VIP pass, can be mute, can be Grenadier, you know, can set up. Um, I'll so counterplay with the, it though. You can't research into it, right? Or you can't judge into the worker. That's true. That's true. But then you already played a draw supporter. You're already playing the game. So that's already <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a surprising amount of games that are lost because you draw seven cards and they can't be played. So this is another card that helped negate that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's the main logic. But obviously you can palpate it, right? So. If it was a stadium, you would have three total outs to kick something during the game instead of four. So that's also like a good argument for, for the worker again. Um, you can also go collapsed worker, rebench. So then you get to like magically put something in play in the same turn where your opponent thought you couldn't, right? Um, that's like another cute little combo you can do. Um, and yeah, like it, it just, I don't think it makes too much sense to play a third stadium over the worker again because like you don't care that much about the, the extra effect of the stadiums like they're good mm -hmm. but they're, like you want to set up you want to draw cards and for the most parts that was a pretty good tour tip there with the collapsed worker but one i've seen that uh happened is when they play beach court um because sometimes you have your energy on on the pokemon in the mid game yeah and you, you you retreat you want to retreat but then you don't get to discard the energy because your energy is maybe like four or five in the discard and you need to mm. get a bigger number and you can't 
get it. Worker has some utility <laughs> there to get rid of it. So you can actually discard the the energy. Yeah, true, true. Another like stadium would technically do the same thing there, right? You, you get to draw cards, so it's, uh, right. it's 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 a multi-purpose card, right? Multi-purpose cards are are usually good. That's also why people are playing Serena instead of Boss every single time, right? Like some sometimes you want some flexibility with with them. Another like I don't know, if questionable is the right word because the community's kind of decided on it, but Miriam. Is Miriam just like the best card that you have access to or that we have access to right now? Because like Miriam or Clara or I guess Rescue Carrier kind of, but I know you're going to tell me that that's incorrect and there's so many better uses for like you need more than just Curly and Ralts back. But like is Miriam just like, well, this is the best option. So this is what we're going to roll with. I mean, they're all good, though. Like a bunch of lists we're playing all three, right? Like one of each because mm -hmm. uh, they they're all good at different points in the game and situations. Uh, I like Miriam over the other two since if like you have to choose, um, since it, it gets you everything, right? Yeah. Um, you can grab five. So if you only have one recovery card, that's, that's like the most impactful one, right? Um, that's, that's good. But we come back to the, I don't want to see an opening hand at Brickwood, right? And <laughs> Miriam, it draws three. That's, that's big. <laughs> That means that, like, turn two, you have a Curly, and you have nothing, you have a Miriam. You can discard, like, a bad Pokemon, Miriam it back, and draw three, and then, you know, you play a little bit more. Uh, so it's, like, it just bails some hands, you know, in the early game. Um, instead of being this card that is only good at the very, very end of the game, right? Like, you can also, like, double up as a, like, early game consistency card, like a little bit. Like draw trees is not bad. Even though you have to shuffle back in something, at that point your deck is so thick anyway, it's basically just like a free draw tree. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the same thing as worker when you use it for no effect in early game. You can usually get some sort of, of value out of it. Um, but if you have to like only play one recovery card, right, then Miram is, is the best one since it picks up all your stuff, right? Like in Pick up the station or the garden reex or anything. Like you, you need to have some sort of way of getting these key cards back as well. How are we in a world where pretty arguably, but you know, the best player in the game right now, who got second at the largest tournament ever, is like draw three's not that bad. <laughs> How have we possibly? It's better than nothing, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like. Um... Like, Philip was the one that was really pushing Lagardevoir in the beginning mm -hmm. um, for his test and everything. Um, but he was, he was always very on the draw tree supporter train. Um, but as soon as like, I started playing Gardevoir with research, it, it felt so much easier to do things. So, um, like, the draw tree cards are good as well because you get to build hand sets, right? But, like, the, like, whenever you play a research, it just feels like everything just falls in place. You, you see enough cards, you go burn to your deck fast enough. Discard enough energies that you, you get where you want to be fast enough. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, like these plus three cards is also good, right? Like you, you get to build your hand and then you have much more options for the following turns and kind of force hand disruption a lot of the time, too. I guess, okay. Well, it's, we'll say draw three is good. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another card that was not in here that was like a staple in japanese list and a staple in our list like moving into the format was arvin 
I am. Where did Arvin go, or did Arvin go just because you were like, eh, all the tools kind of suck beyond Sky Seal Stone? I mean, it's it's a fine card. You can pick up candies and get the turn to Candy Gardevoir. That's like mainly it. Um, it's mainly like space issues. Most of the time, you just want to play another supporter. I think it's good for the turn two though. Like if you get the turn two, you can pick up the candy. Uh, but otherwise, like you're burning through like fast enough to see this guy seal stone anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. And like items, the only item you want to see is the candy, right? I can't think of any other items you like want to waste your whole supporter turn on. So I mean, VIP turn one, right? It's just like an extra out to the turn one. Yeah. If I play a research, I probably fill <laughs> my bench completely instead of grinding that one VIP pass, right? Yeah. I mean, valid, I guess, if you want to be, like, logical. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like, I, I much rather have a research in the early game than an Arvin. Because, like, Ar- even though you hit the candy with Arvin, right? Like, I think I'd rather take my chances on the research, just draw seven, because then you also have a much higher chance of evolving everything, and, like, you get the snowball even harder, right? Like, you get the energies in this card pile, you get the evolve, all, all the things, right? So, um... Like percentage wise, when you have two candy and you see like over half your deck, that's like 75% to see it already, right? Mm-hmm. And like if you do see it, plus all other things, then your start is amazing, right? Instead of like the barely scrambling the candy guardy or up. You know, maybe it's like a safer way to do that turn. Like on the follow up turns, it will be much better for you if you were actually more through your deck, right? And have a better setup. Uh, I think another thing that I wanted to get to on the list is Alolan Vulpix Tex. Now, whether or not if you're going to Portland or Sao Paulo, I think it is, is the same weekend, you know, not next weekend, but the weekend after. Uh, if people wanted to tech for Alolan Vulpix, do you think like no memory skip plus Roxanne is fine? Would you play, you know, Escape Rope? What else? Path of the Peak technically would be an option. Mimikyu EX would be an option over the second Zacian. Like, whether it's worth teching for or not, do you think you need an extra tech beyond memory skip? Or is it worth, you know, which of those cards? Or something else? You can leak here, because I know you don't have another tournament for a while, I think. Unless I'm missing something. No, I I'm gonna play Malmo Originals and I'm playing an IC and an IC is already with next next set, so Yeah. I um put all my effort into this one. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh that was it. Um I honestly I wouldn't bother. I uh, I wouldn't bother taking for it, especially since it's in in the spotlight, then everyone else can do that for you. It's fine. Don't 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 bother. Let, let no everyone else add the <laughs> add the rope and, and stuff. And if no one bothers, just let it win another one. It's fine. Yeah. It's it's whatever. <laughs> I, I did buy a Mimikyu EX yesterday, yes. <laughs> I tried the Mimikyu over the second station because it seemed like most of the time it shouldn't matter too much, right? But um like you're not able to use the Sky Sealstone on the Mimikyu is actually quite a bit of a handicap in all the matchups where Sky Sealstone actually works. Mm-hmm. Um and the Mimikyu is also a lot worse in all the Lost Zone engine matchups. Because one of the um one of the best plays you can do against anything with Comfy basically is bench station, you attach to it, you charge it. And if they go the turn one cram on anything, you get the response. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to hit the candy, you get the immediate response. Uh while you set up behind it. And then you have this distraction in the active as well that they're thinking, ah, oh, I need to do something with this, right? Um 
I'm forcing more research out of them. Need forcing them to find another crime. Like they, um, they need to need to do stuff, right? So um, the uh, the turn to section is really good, and obviously Mimiku doesn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the the double section is good for the loss on engines and for anything Sky Steelstone. And if you start adding decks together, that's like almost all of them. So that I, I don't really <laughs> feel the feel the Mimiku anymore. All right, that's valid. Uh, Grant, when you look at this list, is there anything else that I'm missing? That way I don't get angry DMs. Um, no, but I do want to ask while we're talking about Alolan Vulpix counters. <laughs> okay, game three. You guys obviously hear the crowd. Let's, <laughs> let, I want to talk through that, what, what was in your head, because obviously you both prized something. So yeah. they, showed, they showed Alex first, and then they showed you. And you played around like, you knew what you had, but you didn't know that he had it. So what what was going through your head through all that? I mean, I was pretty sure he prized one of the Vulpix pieces when we when we put down prices. It was <laughs> it was quite obvious. I'm I'm not even sure if I had put my prices by the time they were start like everyone had started uh, okay. screaming. Uh, <laughs> I was pre- I was pretty sure it was something in his his prices that was off here. Um, and it was quite early as well, so like you could kind of deduce that it was like in the top somewhere, um, but I don't know. Like I, I could have banked on the fact, right, um, that it was like up there, uh, and just like ignore the bullpix the whole game, right? Um, I assume by this point you knew that it was a one-one line, correct? I mean, yeah, I, oh. I had this list. I um, like I didn't do that much homework, but I did the homework I did was like at least checking the sixty you played before we. <laughs> before we started playing. Okay. Um, I didn't play the matchup much at all, but I did check the 60 he was playing. Bro, the bravery one. <laughs> I didn't even test it. Yeah, did who, who uh, did somebody look it up and, and watch the stream and count the 60? I remember we were talking about that. Like, uh, we get somebody to go fetch it, you know? Watch, yeah, watch yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, was, uh, I was like Nico and the boys that, that did that one. That's um, good. They uh they they got they got the sixty um ready to go, and uh, I uh, I took a look and uh, it was the one one Vulpix. I mean it looked it looked very doable. Um, like it it definitely felt like a relatively close one. Um, like you only had one switch right. So even if he ropes, then I get to promote something else. Um, so it was all about like can I hand disrupt, use my rolls. Can he find the switch? <laughs> right. Yeah. That was that was the big one. Unfortunately, he did though. Uh, it felt it felt very doable. Um, like I think like the Vulpix decks you're usually not supposed to beat are the ones that plays like Espen V Max and the uh, oh, it's a tool, the Poncho. Yeah. You just like yeah. start jamming those on, then then you have a problem. Then you're losing, and like you don't really have many outs. So. Um, can you confirm or deny you chose not to practice the matchup? Are you now going for second place at every IC? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a collector, right? So I need, <laughs> I, yeah. I need all the silver trophies now, obviously, it was some purpose, right? Um, I, can, I can mention like Game 3 as well. Like Game 3 was going really well right like he, uh, he obviously had something priced and my setup was godly i was drawing really really well <laughs> i had everything i wanted basically like my first research was awkward because i had to discard uh miriam and my pal pal was priced so that was scary 
Um, but I, I honest to God, I thought Palpat was in the deck. Like I thought when I did my price check, Palpat was in there. So like when I made the decision of like discarding my my attackers, right? My station. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought it was in there. And then when I when I used that ultra ball and it wasn't, I I started panicking. I was like, "There's no way! How how did I do that?" Um, I was also like pretty stressed on time um, because I um, I had been warned already uh, by the judges to like pick up the pace. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I didn't want the final to end on double price point. I was like terrified of that. That would be pretty silly. That would, um, yeah. As a viewer, that also would have just been so upsetting. Because from top four yeah. on, I was rooting for everyone because I love all of you. But yeah, there was no way a double prize penalty for anyone would have been a fun. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't let it go to that. So I was, I was just like really scared of like slowing down at all. So I was trying to like keep a really fast pace so they like they couldn't do anything about it. Um, like have this this weird penalty. Um, but I I just played that one turn poorly. So. It was the turn where I played Ultra Ball. I discard the station. I realized that the Palpat is not there. I, like start panicking a little bit, and then on top of it, I um, I choose to go after the Vulpix with the station again. So now, like I effectively lose both my good one shot options uh, and my Gust Effect. So now I have like no option to take a knockout next turn, and then I just lose the price trade. Mm -hmm. It was it, it was like a pretty terrible turn up pretty horrible throw that uh, like if i if i do almost anything different here i i should win that game with the wolf expressed it was it was not great uh, i will i will pro i'll probably remember that turn for like, <laughs> forever um but you know it it happens trying to stay positive and look at the whole tournament as a whole right and, i mean speak uh, for yourself i've never misplayed before <laughs> <laughs> i haven't misplayed on stream ever i know that Okay, that is technically true for me as well. <laughs> I mean, the whole tournament as a whole, right? Uh, then I have to be have to be really happy, even though like I could have gone all the way if I just like managed to like stay focused at that one extra turn. Otherwise, I feel like I played it pretty well. I'm really pretty satisfied with with everything I did. Um, but it was it was it was that one turn. You played um, black sleeves in the finals. Oh yeah, I ran out of yellow sleeves. So yeah. <laughs> for like for like top eight, I uh, I was notified by the judge that I had to do a resleeve because um, I had like I'd clashed like multiple different packs of yellow dragon shields together because I ran out. It was like my last batch. Bro, no, <laughs> and that, that's something you should never do, no. right? Right. <laughs> and uh, obviously they like they were like a little bit of a misfit, so there was like you just resleeve this. Um, uh, and uh, I just stood up, and then I was like, "Yo, Alex, do you you have some sleeves?" He was just like standing right <laughs> next to it, um, and he did. He did. He was like, Are "This okay?" I was like, "Perfect." I take them, and I just resleeved them. We played, and uh, we 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 never looked back. They they shuffled well, though. I was it was, it was good. I think it was like katana. So yeah, was, well, nice. katanas are nice. Well, that's the one thing you can do with them is mix and match boxes because the color is mm. pretty consistent. I mean, that's good, though. You could yeah. not do that with Dragon Shields, at least. No. <laughs> Never do that with Dragon. For anyone listening, Dragon Shields are my favorite sleeve. They're not sponsoring the podcast, though, so I don't actually like them that much. They are terrible quality control in between boxes. In a single yeah. box? Yeah, they're, they're bangers. They're great. They shuffle well, blah, blah, blah. 
in between boxes god awful <laughs> yes you buy them all from the same case yeah like you're you're never gonna get the exact same color no even oh, sizes black. have been different yeah, before like really? i i mismatched yeah, yeah. when i'm like you know testing decks against myself and i'll be like why are six of these cards slightly larger than the others like it's noticeable when you like whatever it's called like you like put all your cards together you like even out your deck and you're like wait a minute this is this is not right yeah i've seen that happen as well i'm just i'm just, I'm just happy i didn't get any penalties for it i was just like i'm out of sleep but i need to re-sleep so I just, I just did it and it just hopes for the best but it it wasn't great um like i got i got the re-sleep and we, we got to continue there so why okay, would I... you choose yellow sleeves to play Guardy when pink is an option to fight TPCI for removing our fairies? <laughs> uh, I mean, most of the cards are still have yellow border, right? So not like, anymore, buddy. I mean, not anymore, depending <laughs> what, especially your, especially your deck, yeah. No, because you play the Ralts and the Curlia that are, yeah, but the yellow Ethereum, Penny. Did you not play Full Arts? Did you not bling out this tournament? Is that why you lost? Uh, so like the, there was like some card choices there, um, like the researchers, for example, I got like from, um, like one of each from everyone I stayed with, basically, we got, <laughs> I got, um, a judge from Robin as well. That was the Richter judge, uh, <laughs> the, the German one. Um, and then yeah, I got like a research from everyone I stayed with and, um, I uh, used my mom's uh, research from, uh, she pulled from a pre-list, the rainbow one. I usually don't like rainbow cards, but since, since she pulled it, they had to play it, right? And, yeah. yeah. So this, was, this like is a lot of... full season one of Yu-Gi-Oh! right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I have some of everyone's cards in my deck. I can't lose. Exactly, right? I have like power of friendship on my side. How do I lose? <laughs> it, it takes a village. I also have to say, one of my favorite things at Worlds last year, I played against Philip, and just reading all of the cards, because the German names, some of them are just so long. And I speak zero German, but you just like look at, like, I don't even know, man. It was like Raihan or something, or like one of the items, and it just like takes up the whole top part. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, look at Pat to the Peak. That one is also really wild. <laughs> Great, you're going to say something. Yeah, I, I had one more question about the deck. I know a lot of people have just net decked you and, and played it in tournaments. What's I what's feel the attacked. Most, <laughs> what's the most cuttable? Yeah, what's the most cuttable card? If somebody most wants to put one cut, uh, one uh, one tech in there, something different. Mm, I mean, like people kind of already did it. I think um, so. Like penny is not like a hundred percent necessary, but it's it's good, right? It's good. Yeah. Um, the fort. Research is also fine. Um, fine is a cool. very hesitant. Fine, thing if you leave the, fine if you leave the penny in because you're yeah, I mean you the minion for the research then because yeah, like you you definitely cut like a research before you cut the luminion at least right for sure. the reasons we talked about earlier. Um, like Ford research is is okay. Like you go from um, oh. Eight outs to seven, which is, which is okay. Uh, it's not sixteen. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's, it was already kind of low, right? So, um, but it's also like it's not only about finding one. Sometimes it's 
like finding it natural is really good, right? Like right. not having to use the fish. If you have it already, you can ultra bolt for a basic and then use the research and then don't even have to find a collapsed, right? Um, it's like using it naturally is, is really valuable. It was like the same thing with Bridget and Sora, right? Like it was mm -hmm. much better playing Bridget naturally and was to use Tapulele to pick up a Bridget. So same, same logic there. You get to put more good stuff on your board. I mean, energy drive in a buzzwall is pretty fun. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, the, the occasional uh, you'd want the Lele on the bench. So moving forward, and this is for both of you. You both did well at EUIC. You both you know, have proven that, hey, I've got a grasp on the post-rotation format. Moving forward into Portland, and I'm going to keep calling it Sao Paulo. I know it's in Brazil. There is a regional in two weeks. What do you think are the decks to beat or the decks that people should be testing against? Like the top three, like, okay, after UIC, these are the decks. Grant, share yours first so Tor doesn't influence your answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think best of three, I mean, I, I would still fear, I'd have a, a game plan against Lugia and Mew. I mean, that's just always something I think you can kind of bank on you know you know what loss box is so you can expect either a long game uh a brick or your opponent making a mistake at some point they're going to have a tough decision and they're and once they make that wrong one and they know it then they're they throw themselves like they'll be tilted <laughs> and that's you can rely on that at least one game so if you get more than one game you can you can maybe get the tie out of it but mm -hmm. um it's unreal how true that is about loss box yeah. too <laughs> and that's why i don't want to play it because I know I'll make that mistake, and I know I'll get tilted. Because I'll I'll remember it, and I'll be thinking about it. Like if I only didn't do this, uh, and rather than if I had only flipped heads. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is there is some nuance to the um, the sequencing of the the coin flipping and all of that for for Lugia. But that being said, like at least you can say it wasn't my fault. Um, yeah. You know, you you hold the two cards in your hand or the five cards in your hand, of course, and you make the wrong mistake. You're gonna you're gonna sit on it and think about it. And that's you can use that to your advantage uh, when you see your opponent do that. Um, so I th I think those two. I think a lot of people still try and play Guardi. I guess we've seen people are messing with the list a little too much. There's still the Mewtwo version, which is good, I guess, uh, in some matchups. But um, I I kind of go along the same line as hopefully they brick or you know. It's a come-from-behind type deck. You know, you don't really do much the first turn or two. And you can feel like you're on your heels. And if you can just press the, the gas, you can really uh, put the pressure on Guardi. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd say Mew and, and Lugia for sure. Best of three. Um, popular decks. Everyone already has the cards by now. Uh, should be popular. I guess another one, and we only mentioned it briefly, and it was at the end of our discussion at EUIC uh, with... Um, the second one mm -hmm. with Christian was Gudra. Gudra's still popular. And the uh, the iCaterpie group brought um, it had two choice belts and two temples. And I was not prepared for that. So they Roxanne temple. So your V guard doesn't work on Titar. And they built it. And like, okay. <laughs> and they do it again, and then they do it again. Like, okay, I, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, but fortunately, I only faced one. But I think Gudra's still uh, good. You should have a way to play against it for sure, because you don't want to lose one round just because you weren't prepared for 
I mean, it was a top six played deck, I guess. So yeah. you should be aware of it, I guess. Tord, what about you? Moving forward post EUIC meta, what are some things you're expecting? Top three legs? Yeah, top, uh, unlike Grant, please stick to top three. <laughs> I could, I give three. <laughs> you Lugia, Mew, Lugia, Mew, and Gudra. <laughs> There you I'll go. Lugia Mew and I just like lost on engines. Like most of them are like relatively similar in terms of how you prepare for them. Um, like a lot of things that are good against one loss on deck is good against another one. Not everything though, but um, like usually. Uh, it's like any sort of healing, you know, hand disruption, all of these things like kind of overlap. So I would expect these three decks to be the most the most played ones. Like maybe it's like a weird one. Um, I think like Pablo's success can definitely like bump up the numbers again because. It definitely wasn't like one of the most popular decks, right? Um, like the USA. It's ten percent, if I remember correctly, and I probably don't. But it's like tenish percent. Uh, I guess it's still pretty high. I was expecting Gardevoir to see like an uptake in play as well. Um, like that is fun. Um, so yeah, I would also be expecting to to play against that. Um, but of course, you have like this match deck still as well, right? Like you have Miraidon, you have Arcus. Um, like running around too, but like if you if you have to like streamline right and like only focus on something, those those are the decks I would like look the most into. Perfect. Tord, if the people want to find more from you, where can they find you and any shout outs you might have? You can find me on uh, Twitter. I'm posting all the best content every day. You know, um, it's not true. I post like uh, you know sometimes, but. Uh, <laughs> You can find me on Twitter on my name, Tor Reklev. Uh, I also stream on uh, Twitch on uh, TCG Park as well, so you can find me there. Uh, maybe I'll return to my uh, other Twitch account as well. Like that's Tor TCG. You can find me there as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll see you there. Shoutouts to all my friends and family and girlfriend and, and everyone. Um, like let's let's drop the names because then I'm just gonna forget some and then I'll be I'll be bad. So, but like all of them and uh, everyone sending me messages. I appreciate you all so much. So. Um, yeah, let's leave it at that. Thank you, Grant. What about you? Where can the people find you or any shoutouts you have? I'm on uh, Twitter, real K. It's uh, one word. Uh, there's an underscore in my Twitch name, but um, one word on Twitter. Uh, I want to say toward posting all the best content. He wins the challenge, beats his mom. <laughs> And doesn't put, doesn't do a weird deck list post like everybody's doing, you know, like Stefan with the ironing board. Um, should have. Should Stefan's yeah, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm not posting deck lists of weird deck lists yet either because I'm not winning challenges, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Twitter is the best place to find me. And, and thanks for having me again, Kevin. Myself, you can follow me Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at underscore Magikarp. Be sure to follow the podcast at Lake of Rage Pod. Uh, iTunes users specifically, y'all are slacking on the reviews. So leave some reviews if you're on iTunes, Spotify too. But Spotify, y'all, y'all understood the assignment, and y'all are putting them in. But iTunes, y'all are slacking. Probably because it's not called iTunes anymore because I'm old. But <laughs> Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, folks, y'all are slacking. So please put those in. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.